911. What is your emergency? There's a man outside in the park, so Jimmy Hendricks Park. I think he's, he's shooting. I can see him shoot through my window. He has a gun in his hand. He has a red hat on, black pants, black jacket. Seattle, February 9th, 2021. Just a few days ago. Seattle police received multiple calls about a man with a gun. Hey everyone, Brandon with Music City 911 with another episode. There's not necessarily a theme we're going to go over tonight, just have some very interesting and informative calls, including what was just played. The Seattle Police Department released portions of these calls along with body-worn camera footage from the officers on scene. What you just listened to was the first clip. I'll play it again since it was a pretty short clip. 911, what is your emergency? There's a man outside in the park, so Jimmy Hendricks Park. I think he's, he's shooting. I can see him shoot through my window. He has a gun in his hand. He has a red hat on, black pants, black jacket. At this point, this woman's probably just sitting in her house. She starts hearing some shots fired. Or maybe she's looking outside and just notices this guy walking around this park and he's got a gun out. As she's telling this to the 911 dispatcher, you can actually hear some shots go off in the background. If you didn't catch that the first time, I'll play that one little, probably about a two second clip back again. You can very distinctly hear it. I think he's he's shooting. And she was right. He was shooting. Unfortunately, he was not just over there shooting his gun up in the air, down the ground, something like that. He was actually shooting at somebody. He walked up to a car that had two people in it and just started shooting inside at him. Initially, the police thought that the suspect and the victims knew each other. That ended up not being the case as they dove into a little bit deeper. Here's the next 911 call from one of the actual victims himself. 911, what is your emergency? My friend just got shot. Me and my friend just got shot. I don't know where we are. We just got shot like three times. Gotcha. What's, I can't even do you, my Do you know uh, like a cross street or where you're at? No, I don't know where I am. My friend is dying. She got shot in the face. Please come. Please come. I'm getting the medics on the line. One moment. She's dying. She's dying. Please I understand. Come. I heard you. I heard you. Please come. She's dying. Seattle Fire and Medic One. Bro, my friend is yeah, dying. My friend, is, we just got shot like three times. Please send paramedics. You right just now. got shot dying. three times. Three times. My Where are you at? Hey, Fire, this is Radio. I've got a rapid what SOS location of 2300 South Massachusetts. I don't have the location. Tell me this. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. 2300 South Massachusetts. Come here, please. Okay, ma'am. I need you to answer my questions. They're What's shooting. going on there? Shooting. Come now, please. We just got shot. I'm gonna die. We're gonna die. How many how many people have been shot? Two, please come now. My friend is dying. In this call we hear that they do have two separate dispatch. They have a police dispatch and then they have their fire dispatch, fire EMS. When I first started working in nine one one, we had the exact same kind of system. Our police dispatchers, which is what I was we were on a completely separate floor of the communication center from the fire department. Some places, possibly out there in Seattle, I'm not sure, they may be in a different building. They may be in a different part of the city. I'm not really sure. But they transfer the caller over from one to the next so they can get the pertinent information they need to and get an ambulance started. In this case, the suspect walks up to the car and just start shooting through the windshield, it looks like. The video of the suspect doing this is actually silent. It's just a video. And I'll post the link to the video on social media and as well as the description of this episode. The police actually arrive on the scene as the shooting is going on. What you're going to hear next is audio from the body-worn camera of one of the police officers on the scene. Just fire the shot. Same too, he's fine. He's right here. He's coming down. 
Drop the gun! Put your hands up and drop the gun! Seattle Police! Drop the gun now! Drop the gun! Suspect down! The official statement from the police reads like this. A suspect shot two victims in the 2300 block of South Massachusetts Street Tuesday night, resulting in the death of one victim and leaving the second critically injured. Officers responded and exchanged gunfire with the suspect, and the suspect died at the scene. At 9.16 p.m., a caller reported hearing a shot fired near 24th Avenue South and South Massachusetts Street. Additional callers reported seeing a man firing a gun in the same area. When officers arrived on the scene, they heard multiple gunshots. The suspect walked towards the officers, raised his firearm, and fired at him. Officers returned fire, striking the suspect. Some of the officers began providing aid to the suspect while others searched the area for victims of the suspect. The two victims were found in the vehicle parked in the parking lot of 2300 South Massachusetts Street. The Seattle Fire Department arrived to take over emergency care and medics declared the suspect deceased. Seattle Fire Department medics transported both of the victims to Harborview Medical Center with life-threatening injuries. One of the shooting victims died during the transport to the hospital. At the moment, this case remains open. It's still under investigation. There's no motive been listed for this crime. They haven't released the victim's names. They haven't released the suspect's name. It's very much still ongoing. Now, getting back to the 911 call on this one, the second one, something you may have heard was the police dispatcher giving the fire dispatcher a location. He got that via a program that we use called Rapid SOS. It's a more advanced system that helps more quickly and more accurately locate your cell phone on GPS. This caller did not know where they were. The call taker asked several times trying to get the location but the caller did not know exactly where they were. Now, correctly, to get the ambulance started, instead of sitting there and just going back and forth trying to find the address when he's got the correct address right there in front of him on the Rapid SOS, he went ahead and transferred over to the fire department to get them started up. Luckily, they had that technology to where they could actually use it and do a better location on her. If they wouldn't have had that, or the cell phones would have been old, it wouldn't have had the GPS technology, what we call phase two, anything along that lines, they may not have found them at all. Luckily, there were other people calling in in the area, and the police got there decently quick. This guy could have gone around and started shooting everybody he saw. In the video, you'll see the suspect raise his gun up towards police, and fire shot. I do wish I had more information about this call. I'd like to find out myself. But at the moment, like I said, it's still under investigation. And the only reason we have this bit of information we do is because the police department out there in Seattle has released the info they did on this call. As I said, I do hope that I can find out a little bit more, find out what the suspect's motive was in this, if this was random, if this was targeted, still don't know. May never know. The next call I have may be a little bit of a controversial call. It's about a pretty well-known figure. I'll just go ahead and play the recording. And you're going to listen and see if you're going to catch who it is. Colin. Bedford 911, what is the address of your emergency? Old Syfax Road. Okay, what's going on there? Um, my husband fell earlier and is bleeding. His face has been hit. Okay, how long ago did he fall? Um, like an hour and a half, two hours ago. And how old is he? Um, 58. And where did he fall from? 
Um, I don't know. It was nighttime and he fell from the stairs, and there's a lot of blood right now. Okay. Is he conscious? Yes. Did he lose consciousness? Did he hit his head? Did he lose consciousness? No. No. Okay. So did you just find him? We're trying to figure out what's going on. I know. Me too. So he called me earlier and said I'm bleeding, and so then he had stopped. But now we were sleeping in the bed together, and now he's bleeding. It's come. It's all. Where's he bleeding from? His head, his ear, his nose. Okay. And he's. Does he seem with it to you, or does he seem out of it mentally? Yeah. Okay. And any other injuries? No. How many steps did he fall down? Um, two or three. Any alcohol? Yes. Heavily? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. I, I just want to tell them because it thins out your yes. blood. So if he's lost... Oh, that's probably it then. It, that's why I'm asking. Okay. Sorry. So is that a yes or no or just a little bit? I, I don't care either way. Okay. Just say a little bit. I'm sorry? Little bit. I just want somebody to come check him because he won't Ma'am? be taking his hospital. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to help you. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Okay. Why won't he let you take him to the hospital? Because why won't he let me take you to the hospital? What is the deal with that? I'm I'm just asking. I'm going to send you help. That's no problem. Yeah, I know. He's a stubborn person. Okay. It's a little blood, but it's a lot of blood. Okay. What is your name, ma'am? Becky Falwell. And Okay, we'll get him out the to you if you could. The more you're going to understand why we're not talking to you right now. I'm sorry. Okay, well, you're going to have to talk to somebody, so I'm going to send yeah, EMS, and I'm going to send them out there to help you, but you need to apply some pressure to yeah. wherever it's bleeding if you can. If it's where you okay. can apply pressure, do not remove it. If it becomes okay. blood-soaked, you add another clean cloth on top of it. Don't remove it for any reason. Okay. If anything changes, call me back. Okay, and let me tell you, we, um, it's, it's Old South X Road. Yes, you told me that. I've got it. Yeah. And we have a gate. Put them out? Yeah. Okay, thank you Thank so you. Mm-hmm. Are they coming right away? I'm dispatching them now, ma'am. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you couldn't tell, this call was for Jerry Falwell, Jr., son of famous televangelist Jerry Falwell, Sr. From a dispatcher's perspective on this, there's not too much special about this call. We get calls about people falling down literally every single day, multiple times a day. It can be somebody slipping down some steps like this. It can be somebody that slipped out of their wheelchair, just fell down, got a little bit dizzy, fell down. Any number of reasons for a fall. We just get several of them every single day. Another reason for a fall could be you had too much to drink, which apparently was likely the case in this one the reason that's pretty significant with this is apparently there was some controversy with mr falwell jr and his university which he was the president of called liberty university they have a strict no drinking policy there that's for everyone obviously under 21 but also any student and faculty over the age of 21 In fact, when the faculty is hired there, they actually have to sign a contract vowing to abstain from any alcohol consumption, both on and off campus. No alcohol at all. So he was likely drinking in this call. He got a little bit too much to drink, slipped, fell down some steps, kind of busted his head open. His wife on the 911 call was very hesitant to give any information out. Y'all could tell that. That's for good reason. He's the president of a university that does not allow you to drink on or off campus. And there he is, drunk and falling down. While there's nothing illegal about him drinking, it, it is against their own policy that he's the president over. This all happened when he was amid a huge scandal, which ended up costing him the presidency of that university. Apparently some sort of a sexual scandal between him, his wife, 
and a third party. And another third party. One who had apparently been sleeping with his wife that he knew about and apparently watched. And also another one where he was seen posting a picture on a social media site of him on a boat with a younger woman, not his wife. And also with his pants unzipped and a drink in his hand that looked like it may be an alcoholic beverage. Now these are all things that allegedly happened. I'll let you be the judge of it because I don't think there's going to be any type of criminal proceedings or anything like that 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 come from this. It's just very odd that all this happens around the same time. And like I said, this is still a pretty routine 911 call. Someone falling and needing an ambulance. Now, as far as crime goes, I don't believe that any type of laws were broken in this. It seems like at most it was maybe some university departmental policies or university rules, something along that lines. So I can't really say anything to the law enforcement side of it, but it is, to me anyway, a little bit hypocritical that he may have been there drinking when his rules for his university said no drinking on or off campus. Anything further, and I'll just have to leave y'all with your own opinion on it. And before we get on with the next call, come on over and join us on all our social media pages. Facebook, you can go on like the main page, follow us, at Music City 911 Pod, and also on the discussion group, Music City 911 Podcast Discussion, on Facebook. Check it out over on Twitter and Instagram, both at Music City 911, and be sure to share the show with any true crime fans friends, and if you're a dispatch or other first responder, have some of your co-workers have a listen. You never know. Hearing one of these calls might help them out with one of their future calls. 911, where's the emergency? I got somebody trying to break in my house and I'm about to blow his brains out right now. Look at him in Jersey. Any idea who it is? I don't. He's busted, he's busted my door. Part of my door out and I have a shotgun. If you come in the house, I'm going to blow his brains out. You in South Harrison or Harris Township? Oh, uh, Harrison Township. All right, hold on. Let me get uh, let me get the police on the phone. Hold on, please. What's your name, sir? Fletcher Cox. Hurry up, I have a 911 transfer. I got Fletcher Cox on the line. He's advising that somebody's attempted to break into his house. He's uh, armed with a shotgun. Sir, what's your address? Mulligan here in New Jersey. Do you hear it? I swear to you, you got about 30 seconds. Mr. Cox, can you get somewhere where you're, you're secure? I am, I am secure, but I have my shotgun. I swear to God, he's busting everyone out of my house right now. Sir, is there anywhere you can go? If I go, if you walk in my house, listen, he walks in the house. She walks in the house. You have to hurry up. I have officers on the way. Like a lot of them. There's multiple people? Please Sir. hurry up. Do you, do you hear this? Sir, they're on their way. Is there any way you can lock yourself in a room? I'm going to stand in my door if you come to my house. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you right now. My gun is on safety, and I'm going to blow his brains out. Now he's outside damaging her car. I mean, I've got cameras. So. Do you see anybody outside, sir? Police? No, sir. No, he's mm-hmm. outside. There's, he's there's one. Right now. Okay, he's getting in his car. What type of vehicle is he getting in? What kind of car he got, Casey? A black Porsche. Okay, let me know which direction he's headed in. Now he's breaking into a car. (laughs) 
Okay, sir, you see him still in the driveway? Yes, he's about to pull out right now. Okay, let me know what direction he heads in. He went down to the end of the code, it's back to turn around. 5-8, where are you at? Okay, which way is he going? He's going out to the neighbor. Okay. Okay, I have an officer in the area. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any idea who it might be? Casey, what's his name? Corbin is his name. What's his name? Corbin. Corbin? Do you know what Corbin's last name is? Nima. Okay, sir, I do have officers behind the vehicle. the police actually making it there right there at the end of the call luckily everybody made it out of that safe it sounds like but early in the call we could hear thumps over and over again in the background those weren't gunshots that was the sound of the suspect hitting the windows and the walls with a baseball bat along with throwing a couple big rocks at the front door also early in the call my eyebrows got a little bit raised when they said the suspect was in a Porsche now, absolutely, a criminal can drive a Porsche, and in this case, he did. But your normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill burglar does not. You know, unless he's the slickest damn burglar in the world and never been caught in his life while only hitting high-end houses. But that just doesn't happen. The caller also states that he, the burglar, is outside vandalizing her car now also. That's something that a burglar just doesn't do either. A normal burglar just wants to break in a house, grab some valuables, and leave. 
Now, it's entirely possible, again, for someone to be messed up on drugs or having some sort of a mental issue or a breakdown and trying to break into someone's house, anyone's house. It's just not as likely. Because of all this, when I hear these circumstances, stuff like this that was said in the call, I start to think there's some sort of a past relationship involved. And in this case, I was right. The caller was NFL defensive end Fletcher Cox of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was inside his house with his girlfriend. The suspect in this, Corbin Nima, was the ex-boyfriend of the woman inside. As you could hear in the call, the suspect took off after vandalizing the girlfriend's 2016 BMW by smashing the windows out with rocks. Just as he was exiting the neighborhood, the police got behind him and tried to light him up. Their attempt to stop him with typical lights and sirens didn't work out. A short pursuit happened, and after hearing the conditions such as speed and other traffic on the roadways, the pursuit was terminated for safety reasons. But that's okay. They knew who he was and confirmed it with security cameras that were there at the house. Days later, he was found by the U.S. Marshals and arrested. He was charged with burglary, criminal mischief, and eluding police. And these charges, to me anyway, are a whole hell of a lot better than meeting the barrel end of a shotgun that was waiting for him if he got inside that house. Now, the last call I'm going to get into tonight, just kind of a forewarning on this one. The circumstances on this call pretty bad. The call itself, it's bad enough. You can get the kind of feeling from everybody's voices in this. They kind of know what's going on. But the details in this, pretty bad. So, listener discretion, you don't want to hear this. Go ahead and stop listening now. Greenwood 911, may I help you? Oh, yes. I need an officer at a 2007 Callison Highway. What's wrong? Oh, I'm just stressed out, and I'm about to take my life. Uh, I mean, uh, what's your name? It's unknown. Okay, do you have a weapon with you? Huh? Do you have a weapon with you? Yes. What do you have, sir? A forty-four. Get in there. What's going on? And that's all we've got on that first bit of the call. He hung up. There's nothing further past that. On that end of it, anyway. So we've talked about it in previous episodes. People who want to kill themselves, they're calling in to 911, as in this instance here. If they're really going to do it, generally, they tell you, almost like he was saying there, I'm going to kill myself. That's along the lines of what he said. He gave a few more details of it, but then he hung up the phone. He gave the address where he was, so that was kind of like we've also said in the past. Gives the location of where they can find him at. Then he hung out the phone. You could hear a woman in the background crying, saying, please don't. Some other things along that lines. But before we discuss what she was really talking about in the background, we'll go ahead and listen to the next portion of this call. Yeah, what's going on? I just got four kids at my door that says that somebody just killed their mama. Wait a minute. 
locked in this house. Look, I need at two at twenty fifteen Calvin Highway. She's got four kids there saying somebody just killed their mother. Is this gonna be at two zero zero seven? I have no idea what okay. that address is. I Listen to me. Get back there and lock the door. Get back there in your room. Everybody in one room. Listen. Tell me, who's the oldest one there? Uh, they, they, she is only like four years old. That's the oldest one? Uh, yes. Is this Lori? This is. Lori, is Robert there? No. Okay, listen to me. I'm trying to... Okay, you're okay. Hold on, here. Take the baby. Okay. The oldest one from the residence is four years old? Hold on, I think so, yeah. Okay, ask her what she saw. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, I've got to calm down. It's okay. We have officers already on the way because we got a call, but I need to know. Look, wait, wait, wait. I want you to calm down for a minute, okay? I want you to tell me what you saw. We said getting pretty funky with this call we heard that the person that called the first person that called likely killed these kids mother they're trying to get some more info and it sounds like this is a small town because the dispatcher knows the caller in the second call now not giving any details of the call or where it happened or anything like that i was just assuming this is a small town, just going off of what we've heard so far. And it's terrible that these kids there, so far, what we've heard anyway, the oldest one, being a four-year-old, doesn't know what's really going on. She kind of does. But you really think about it, this kid is, you know, when they're this young, they don't understand what's going on. We've kind of talked about this on the show, too. So this four-year-old is the one relaying this information said that he had a gun, and then later they heard the gun. Now, police at this point need to get a little bit more info from that woman that called in the second time, hopefully more from the, the kids themselves. So the dispatcher calls back over there and talks with the second caller. She has four. I'm calling Lori back. Lori, girl. Hello? Lori, this yes. is Stephanie again. Okay. What is their mother's name? Okay. What's your mommy's name? Chandra Fields. Chandra Fields. Does she know how old her mommy is? EMS is coming here. No, they're stopping there because they can't go to the residence. I gotcha. Until I gotcha. Yeah. Um, how old is your mommy? Two, four. You don't know? That's okay. She's okay. got to be in her 20s, I think. No idea. I'm just finding out the money uh, yeah. over there. Um, how many is there of them? There's four that came over. Kayla? Yes. What's your name? And Kaylee? Diane? Is they Hey, Ava. <laughs> is that um, all four of their mothers? It's not. That's not all y'all's mommies, is it? That's just your... Whose mommy is it, Taylor? Your... Your two? You three, then. Three of them's mama. Okay. Is Brian their mom's boyfriend? 
Is Brian your mom's boyfriend? Okay. okay. All right, Presley, when you went over there, what did he say to you? He yelled that they couldn't come out so he had them in, did he have them in the house? Everybody was in the house? I didn't hear They can't come out right now. Okay. And then y'all just come home? And I thought it was strange. They weren't gone. I was on the porch when they left to go over to see if Asa, where is Asa and Ty? They're in the house. Whoa. Do what now? There's an 11 and a 9 year old still in that house. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Are they boys? They are boys. Two boys. Yes. I'm on the phone with Lori Ware again, and she's talking to the children. The children. And Three I of them belong to the female, and they were. She just asked where was the other two, and she said they said they were still in the house in their room. Because my kids left, and they weren't gone not even two or three minutes and come straight back. They said that he hollered at them that nobody could come out of the house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank God. Yes. What did... Okay. Ask me. What was the last thing that they... I know it's going to be the four-year-old that heard it. It's, she it's, did hear a gunshot. She was it one? She said. Just one. Hold on. Okay. Okay. How many, how many shots did you hear? Just one? Okay. Okay. Watch your heart. Did you see anything? Did you, did you see your mommy after you heard the shot? No. Where were y'all at? Okay. Were you in the same room? And Asa and Tyreek were in their room? Did somebody send them to their room? Brian, where's your granddaddy? They're tied up. Who's tied up? Who's tied up, baby? Is Mama and Grandma? Tyreek and Asa are tied up. And who else? Mama and Granddaddy, but not your mommy. Okay. Their grandparents live there also? It is their grandparents' residence. It's their residence. They, um, yes. Kayla, y'all aren't living over there again, are you? Okay. The neighbor's on the phone talking to the child. He's talking to the children. The children are saying that the two boys are tied up, along with the grandparents, with duct tape. Did y'all just run out of the house, or did he tell you to come here? He told you four to go to Presley's. Oh okay. And, yeah, and the children are saying that he told them to run to Presley's. Brian told them that? Brian told them to go to my house. Brian, the person who's doing this, supposedly. And the two boys told them to run to the residence. Tied up. Told the girls to leave, but he tied the two boys up and the two grandparents. Okay. What is that child's name is telling us that? Shayla. Shayla? Shayla, what's your last name? Owens. Okay. And how old are you, Taylor? Seven. And she's seven years old. Just honey. Ask her. She saw them duct taped up. Did you see him duct tape them up? You didn't see nobody? Do you just think they're tied up, or did you see them tied up? Okay. Where were y'all at when you come in? What were y'all, had y'all been doing? Y'all came in the door and he jumped out with the gun. Okay. Spell her name for me. Okay, let's spell your name for me, lady. C. C. C H A Y. L A. Okay. That's good.
Easy tonight. Mm-hmm. Easy again. Did you see Tyreek and Asa tied up? He just told you he tied him up. Did he, you see your mama and your granddad? Yeah. They were tied up too. But y'all were outside playing when he got there? The it looked like blood on the door. Mm-hmm. What window was broken? The window in his room. The laundry room window was broken. Okay. And Jake and Presley went there. It was shattered. And he told the kids he had tied them up, right? Yes. Do not move out of this room. Yeah, just stay there because I don't know. I'm, I have a weapon, so I'm going to put this up since they're all yeah, out there. Yeah, okay, that, that's good, thank you. And I didn't show it to No. Sorry. Is Chayla a neighbor or? They are, the grandparents own the residence mm-hmm. and Tyreek and Tyreek has lived there with them for the pretty much the grandparents keep the children a lot mm-hmm. and some of them live there on and off and some live there full time okay okay I'm calming down to me that's okay if you need to get that um I guess go ahead and just answer that and see okay, okay. Yeah. 
and I mean, within seconds of them being in the house was when I called y'all. Yeah. Oh, please let those boys be okay. I just, I, I just hope he told them that he did that and he didn't, and maybe they're just not there. No, they should be there. They should be. They should be there. Okay. Can you see a car at their residence? Well, I guess before all this happened, could you see a car at the residence? No, you can't. Okay, see. you can't see back there. No. Okay. I didn't know how far back. I know they're. Apart. They're right beside us. They're actually um, a double wide, right, be right before our house, coming down the road. Right. play out because there was a lot of good information in that call they found out a lot more information about what was potentially going on inside the house they found out that there were other children there when this happened and also that the grandparents were inside and all of them were tied up this whole thing just got a whole lot worse this went from the first call from someone who said he was just stressed out and about to take his life to someone who likely shot these children's mother and may have done the same to the other children in the house as well as the grandparents. But that was not confirmed on the 911 call. The suspect, Brian Sweat, who had several run-ins with the law before, mostly for theft and burglary, some forgery, things like that, was facing anywhere from 15 to 45 years in prison for a burglary. In this call, he broke into the grandparents' house, waited for all of them to show up, and it seems like the whole thing was planned out. It may have been loosely planned, but for him anyway, and very unfortunately, the plan worked. Sweat was waiting outside for everyone to leave. Police found some of his cigarette butts in the woods behind the house, like he'd been watching them. Once everyone was out of the house, suspect broke in through a window. Patrol officers got on the scene and waited for SWAT to arrive just in case no shots were fired. Maybe there was a hostage situation. When they made entry, the scene was terrible. Sweat had waited for the grandparents to get home. He killed both of them, then waited for the boys who were nephews of the woman in the background of the first call, the mother, to get off the school bus. After tying them up as well, he used the grandmother's cell phone to text the ex-girlfriend, mother of these children, her name is Chandra, and tell her to come over. She showed up with four children, three of which were hers, and one child that belonged to her sister. That's when Sweat ordered those children out of the house and made the 911 call. That's when he killed her and then himself. Less than a month before this, he left some disturbing posts on Facebook. The first one stated, I'm about to lose it. I just want somebody to talk to and be there with me. So bad. I'm about to just get in the truck and ram it in the biggest fucking pole I can find. Later, he posted another one. Nobody gives a fuck about me because of what that stupid bitch done to me. She played me for too long. I can't take it anymore. 
I've asked for someone to just be here for me to take my mind off doing something stupid to hurt myself. I can't take the pain anymore. And later, just one week before the murders happened, he wrote this. You don't care and never have. You never wanted her to know me, but always remember. It's going to come back on you when she grows up, and that's what's going to make her hate you. The dispatcher in these calls did what she could to get the info and try to keep both the female caller calm and those kids that were there with her safe. I think she did an excellent job in the face of an extremely tough situation. Sitting on the phone for all those minutes hearing what she did and then finding out the details afterwards about what the call, what actually happened in the call, must have likely been and probably continues to be very stressful. This all happened in Greenwood County, South Carolina in October of 2013. Police believe a child custody dispute was their reason for the whole crime. And before this, most of the crimes the suspect committed were nonviolent. Police have been called to the house sometimes for domestic disputes, but details of those cases were sketchy and likely just verbal. This guy apparently had a mouth on him, as referenced in his Facebook post, the ones that I read. And those were just a few of them. There were a lot more. Now, could this tragedy have been stopped? It's really hard to tell. While they did make some obvious suicidal threats, did anybody report them? Was he constantly posting stuff like this on Facebook beforehand or even after this initial barrage of Facebook posts that he was doing? Could this be one of those boy who cried wolf scenarios where his family and friends never contacted the police because his statements, he'd been making stuff like that over and over and over again. And there was also a question past that even that was very valid. Why was he out of prison in the first place with the amount of crimes he had in the past that he committed? So who knows if this could have been prevented. It was a horrible tragedy and I'd love to, never have anything like this happen again but as you all know evil people walk amongst us every single day if you like this episode as well as the show be sure to check in with whatever platform you're listening on drop us a rating apple and spotify i know have some rating systems on there leave us a good old five star review i love reading those they're always great from music city 911 I'm Brandon Hall. Y'all have a good one.